Welcome to the Electra International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. And today we have a very strong leader from the electrical construction industry. With us is Craig Stewart, who is the chair of the Superior Group, headquartered in Ohio. So welcome, Greg, and thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. We really do appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. The Superior Group describes itself, and I've heard you describe it, as being large and diverse. In terms of the kind of projects that you do and the services you offer, as the company grew, did it become more difficult to find the right balance between leading one area of the company over another? Yeah, I think that's kind of a natural problem or issue that one hits with with growth and diversity. And, and one has to diversify, in my opinion, our opinion, in the marketplace because you need to be ready to take advantages of trends, et cetera, while you maintain a repertoire of, of a basic type of project that's going to fit the, the need. But yeah, it's difficult to, to get it all going and keep it going with respect to the way you have to divide up leadership. And I've always believed in getting things on any project of a major nature into bite-sized chunks that given leaders that a foreman level, general foreman level, superintendent, project manager can get their arms around and not try to engulf the whole thing. Now, when I see things about the company, I see that you talk about five core values for the company, and they're listed as dependability, creativity, humility, integrity, and tenacity. From your perspective as the company chair, is any one of those five more important than the others? Is there one that's at the very top of your list? I think they're all at the top of the list, and they're a chain. You can't break any one link without really sacrificing a lot. We believe that you have to be all of those things. So they're interrelated. They're linked to one another. So if one falters, then the whole chain is gone. Yeah, you can't be at your best. Okay. It would just be like somebody that trains to run a big race or whatever. One missing thing, and it's not going to be optimal. Well, when, when you talk about your leadership team, what do you need to do to ensure that the rest of your leadership team leads the whole workforce using these values as their guide. Are there special things that you do to instill them these values into your leadership team? I think it's pretty simple that you just have to, first off, have them instilled within yourself and believe in them yourself at the, you know, in, in top of, of our ownership of our company. And then preach it. You got to repetitively remind everybody, talk about it, get feedback from everybody on how they feel they're doing and we're doing and communication. It's all all about communication. Well, now, you all, the superior group, you all work in so many 
different EC specialties from every aspect of pre-construction and construction to service and maintenance and even taking on small projects. Is the leadership that you require of yourself, does it differ according to the type of project on which you are working? Yeah, there's a lot of differences in the leadership level and approach and methodologies between a small project and a very large project, between a highly technical project and something that you gotta mass produce. You have to find people and educate people along the lines that that work for that and find people that are interested in doing a particular type of project. Once again, it's a lot of communications, a lot of sorting things out, all the time looking for talent. Do you feel that you have a good bank of talent available to you in Ohio? I would not limit it to Ohio. Okay. We're headquartered here, but we work all across the United States, so we don't hesitate to look beyond the borders of Ohio. As you think about educating people to really pay attention to the values of the company and to the way they approach projects, do you find differences in what the workforce coming, and I'm just picking names out of a hat, coming from the state of Oregon are different from Ohio or Oklahoma or West Virginia? Do you have to account and accommodate for the culture of where your workers are based? Sure. And how do you do that? What are some of the things that you could tell our audience that you do to make sure that you are acknowledging cultural differences or distinctions? Well, you do your best to communicate with people and you do your homework as to what conventions are in certain areas and culturally speaking and sometimes even linguistically speaking. There's a lot of different accents and a lot of different reasons that that exists. You just got to study the, the situation up and make some judgments and you have to try to integrate local leadership and partners into projects that makes that whole thing a lot smoother and it makes people in given areas that you may be working much more comfortable. I think everybody would agree that the speed at which technological changes come at us is insane. It's extraordinary. For the superior group to be ready for change, what trends do you see impacting the electrical contracting world, both short-term and long-term? Are there some things that you say, we never saw this coming, but thank God we were ready? Or we did think that such and such was going to happen, but it never did. How do you approach being ready as a leader for technology and its impact on your company and your projects and your customers? Well, that's a pretty big question. There is no really simple answer to that, but gathering information constantly, reading a lot of different magazines, news articles, things on the internet to see what what's up in the technological world and what kind of projects are going to be needed and are going to be funded. You know, an example would be we've got an infrastructure bill that's uh, supposed to provide a lot of help for basic infrastructure that 
our country needs repaired and improved, like water treatment plants, as an example. So be prepared to go after that stuff, uh, the old adage of follow the money, and figure out the best way to organize it and execute it. You and your company have been involved with Electric International for many years. I've known you a long time through the foundation. In your opinion, what's the most valuable thing that you have gained from your involvement with Electri International? I would boil that down to the biggest thing. There's several things, obviously, but the big thing is the collective intellect in the room. Tell me more All about that. People, smart people. You gather up with smart people and you have some objectives that the, the foundation has of different types of research at, you know, to benefit the industry. And you wind up with a lot of smart people together and talking and meeting and communicating. And it brings up a lot of ideas. And uh, I always manage to take, take away some things. And I think I manage to leave some things, too. When you That's when you think about thing. Electric International going forward, you'd say to me, you know, Carolyn, over the next couple of years, I really hope they can accomplish what? How would you finish that sentence? I don't know that I can finish it for you, but for myself, I would boil it down to progressive educational programs. For people who are already in the industry or for younger students who might be considering the industry or both? It, it, it has to be both. Speaking of students, I know that Superior Group is very, very active in serving your community. And as you're working with students and young adults, what steps can you take as a business leader to encourage them to consider electrical construction as a career option? Are there certain approaches or certain things that you say that really break through and make an impact on them that you can share with our audience so that they might find ways to do that themselves? We just communicate the experiences that we've had as individuals. I've had as an individual starting out in the electrical trade and advancing through college and all of that stuff. Just share that process and make people realize that within our industry, you can do anything you want to do, different things. If you're interested in numbers and finances and that sort of thing, that's a necessary part of our business. If you're interested in design, that's a necessary part of our business. There's a lot of different things you can do. you got to learn some fundamentals as in anything else, but I think our construction industry offers pretty much unlimited potential for advancement. If you want to work hard and you want to learn things, you can do well. Greg, when you are working with young people on a community project, not necessarily anything to do with the electrical construction world, how do you help prepare them to become the next generation of community leaders? How do you help instill in them the importance of giving back to their own community? the way you have done. I think that's a general area that you lead by example. What's your favorite type of community project? That's a kind of a tough question, but things that benefit the quality and culture of a community, and that relates to jobs, people being educated, to be able to get good jobs, to create a good economy. I guess that's a pretty big, pretty big goal, but 
that is the best answer I can give you. No, that's fine. When you think about your own career, and as you said, starting by coming up in the trades and now chairing a company, what would you tell our audience is the best advice that you have ever received, either professionally or personally? Somebody said something to you that really stuck and made a difference. What was it? There's probably been several things, but one thing, quite a few things for sure. But one thing that sticks in my mind, and my my father taught me the basics of the trade way back in time, and I learned a lot of things from a lot of people besides him, but he got me going in the right direction anyway. And one of the things he told me was the electrical trade is a great way to make a living. And understand that when he told me this, he came from way, way back in time, and he and this was back in time too. So the, our trade was different, very different. And he just said, it's a great way to make a living. You can do a lot of things with it. It's interesting. Just be sure that when you're 50 years old, you're not the guy in the ditch. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure what it, what it quite meant for a little while, but I figured it out pretty quick that, you know, as, as you get older, you less and less ought to be the person doing that sort of thing. And that's got to happen. You know, that, at that's what for a younger point person. in your leadership development, do you feel that you moved from working in the business to working on the business? I really can't answer that. That was a very long time ago. So for a long time now, you've been working on the business to develop it and to grow it and to grow your community of workers and to grow your overall success with the whole firm. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say and pass on knowledge. Okay. That's my biggest thing right now is to pass on my experience to key leaders, even two generations behind me. And are they receptive to the message and to the learning of be, of how to being a leader? Yeah, I think very much so. What advice would you give to our audience? I asked what advice you had gotten. Now, what advice would you give? There are a lot of different contractors who listen to these podcasts. Some are senior, like yourself. Others are, you know, real young, up-and-coming contractors who are thirsty for learning every single thing that they can from those who have gone before them. So what do you want to tell them? What's your best advice to them? Get all the education you can, read everything you can, work hard. All right. Well, with that in mind, my here's my last question. Is there anything else that you'd like me to ask you or that you'd like to tell our audience about your company or about what it means to you to be a leader? Well, I'm very thankful for what we've been able to accomplish as a company and the opportunities that we give people to make a good living and take care of their family and all that sort of thing. That's what it's all about. You are absolutely correct. Greg Stewart, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate hearing about the way you grew up in the business and the things you've learned. And you're definitely not in a ditch. We all know that for sure. So thank you for your time and your good advice. And we invite our audience to listen to this interview. And also we've got a whole library full of Think Like a Leader interviews available to you from the Electric website. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. 
You can access every interview in this series on our website, electri.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening.